Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where you get to ask questions and I try my best to answer them. Um, in this lesson, uh, I will put a link in the chat. Please use the link to ask your questions. I know that many of you as you are learning English have found that there's things you just don't know the answer to. There's little phrases you hear from a native speaker and you're wondering, what does that mean? So, you look in your uh, phrase dictionary or you look online and you just can't find the answer to it. So, my hope with this uh, small one hour session uh, is that I can answer a lot of your questions. So, uh, before we get started, just let me check my audio. Looks like everything's working great. A few rules before we get started. Please only have English conversations in the chat. Um, having conversations in your own language, I know maybe helps a little bit but it's better to just use English. It helps all of the people who are in the chat. They can read your English questions and uh, sentences uh, and then you can have a nice English conversation. Um, please uh, pay attention to what Todd and Dave tell you to do. Todd and Dave are our moderators. They help keep the chat friendly and nice uh, and just a great place for you to practice your English. So, uh, I'm sure there are questions ready to go. Let me check my question app and see what we have there. Usually, at this point, there are already four or five questions uh, ready to go. So, let me see what I have here. Uh, let's see here. The first question is from Athanasios and, and Athanasios says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you, sir? Okay. I have the words accomplice and complicit. Know the second one from your last live. Thank you. So, when you're complicit, it means you're part of it, okay? If you are an accomplice in a crime, it means that you are part of it as well. Often, when someone commits a crime, let's say they go and they do something that's illegal. If you do it with them, you are their accomplice. In fact, if you do something that's against the law and you after you do it, you hide at your parents' house. They are accomplices as well. So, an accomplice is someone who is part of a crime but maybe not directly part of that crime. Uh, let's get to the next question. Uh, next question is from Renata. Let me get it up on the screen here in a moment. Having trouble finding the button I need to click. Just give me one second here. I think I can find it. There we go. Oh, so something's popping up on my screen. Why don't I do a little audio check while I'm waiting for that question to show up? Let There we go. Now it's working. So the next question is from Renata and Renata says, "Hello Bob. Happy Halloween. Thank you. It's actually October 31st. It is Halloween this evening. Kids will be going out trick-or-treating in some parts of Canada and in other parts they are staying home." depending on what the local restrictions are. Renata's question is this. Pull an all-nighter and burn the midnight oil are synonyms, right? Is the latter very common nowadays? Thanks, sir. Um, yes, they are synonyms. They do mean the same thing. If you are a student, especially, oftentimes you will pull an all-nighter. That means you stay up all night studying or you stay up all night writing a paper or an essay. Burn the midnight oil means the same thing but I think it is a bit less common. I've heard the first phrase quite a bit. Students often say, oh, I pulled an all-nighter last night getting my project done. Um, and the second one, if you said it, people would recognize it but I don't think it's super common right now. I think it's less common than the first one. Uh, let's get to the next question here. Um, 
Next question is from Mikhail from Poland. Hi, Bob. Thanks for your great English lessons. You're welcome. My question is, have you ever been in any countries in Central Eastern Europe? If not, would you like to go? I would like to travel a lot but what prevents me from traveling is that I have a job. (laughs) So, I have to go to work every day um and I do need to work. Um travel sounds fun but it costs money. I'm at the stage in my life where I'm a dad and I have to work to support my family. Uh so, I probably work too much but I think that's what moms and dads do. Um when you're in your late forties and you have five children, children, you work a lot. So, yes, someday I would love to visit many countries including countries in Central Europe for sure. Uh let's see. Mary the Iranian says, hi, teacher Bob. I'm wondering what was the strangest thing you believed in when you were a child? So, the strangest thing I believed in Mary was when I first watched Star Wars Okay, I was probably about nine or ten years old. Um Star Wars came out in 1977 and when I first watched it, I was about nine or ten years old. Um I didn't get to see it in the theater by the way. I had to watch it later um on videotape. So, um I believe that maybe there was a force. Maybe if I really focused my mind, I could lift stuff with my mind. Of course, that didn't work at all. That was a silly thing to think but uh that was probably the strangest thing that I believed when I was a child. Uh Katerina has the next question. Hello, Bob. What is the difference between the following verbs? To restore, to renovate, to refurbish and to repair. Thanks in advance. Let's do this. Let's start with the verb to repair. If your car breaks, you repair it. Okay? So, if you have a car and you drive it every day and it breaks down, If there is a problem, you would repair your car or you would have someone else repair it. When you refurbish something or restore something, it means it's really old and you try to make it like it's new again. Oftentimes, people will take an old phone and they will refurbish it. That means they'll reset the phone. They'll clean it up. They'll make it look like it's new again. So, that is to refurbish. Sometimes, people will buy really, really old cars and they will restore the car. So, they'll buy a car from maybe the fifties or the sixties and they will fix the car up so that it looks like it's brand new. So, they will restore it. Um and then renovate, we usually use the verb renovate when we talk about our homes. Sometimes, you will renovate a house or you will renovate part of your house. That means you'll kind of tear things off the wall and you'll put up new panels on the wall or new drywall. Um and you will renovate that part of your house. So, uh four verbs there. Hopefully, you got all of those definitions. Um let's see here. Next question is from Johnny from Brazil. Johnny says, hi, Bob. Today, I just would like to know what does it mean to have a bubbly personality? Thanks for all the work you've been doing to teach us English. You're superb. So, when you're bubbly, it means you're enthusiastic, you're happy and usually all the time, okay? So, oftentimes, sorry, my nose is itchy again. Whenever I do a am I allergic to live streams? So, my nose gets itchy whenever I do a live stream. Anyways, um usually someone who is bubbly is happy. They're in any situation, they're just joyful and you can just tell by the things they do and say. They're the kind of people where it's fun to be around them because they are very, very um happy and very, very joyful. 
Um, hey, I do want to pause and say hello to the 383 people who are watching. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Bob the Canadian. If you would like to subscribe to my channel, there is a button there. I do English lessons all the time on YouTube. I love teaching English. Um I do two live lessons a week and I do one video each week. If that is something that interests you, then uh click that button. Don't click that button. There's no button over there. <laughs> click the one that's right there. <laughs> that would be helpful for you. But anyways, welcome to this live lesson and welcome also to all of my members. Those who have their names in green over there in the chat. Eduardo has the next question. Hi, good Bob. Hi, Bob. Good morning. What's the difference between as and like? Please give an example. Thanks. So, as much as I would like to give you an example. See, that was kind of an example right there. We use as in a lot of ways. Like, he was as fast as me. We had a race and he was as fast as me. Um, I drink tea as much as I drink coffee. Um, that's not true by the way. I drink Actually, that might be true. I think I have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee a day. So, very similar. Um but if I was to say he runs like um a leopard or he runs like a horse, I'm comparing him now to a horse. So, a couple of examples there but Eduardo, I do have to tell you the difference between as and like is vast, okay? So, you will need to keep studying that. Very hard to explain quickly in a simple live stream. Uh let's see here. Next question is not a question but it's from Katerina and it says, hello, my dear teacher Bob. Today, I have no question but I was ill for two weeks. I want to wish everyone to be healthy and happy every second of your life and I love everyone. So, thanks Katerina. I'm glad to hear. I think it sounds like you're better. It sounds like you were sick a few weeks ago for two weeks. So, I hope you're feeling much better now and thank you for the kind words and the kind wishes. Let's see here. Next difference (laughs) next question is from Donnie. How's it going uncle Bob? Thanks for calling me uncle Bob. That is what we would call an honorific I guess in English or a pet name or nickname. Probably nickname is the best one. So, I know in some parts of the world, you guys call me uncle Bob. Um question is, can you tell me the meaning of homie and home run? I hope you're having a great Halloween day. So, homie is a slang way to refer to a friend. So, you might say that your friends are your homies. It's not very common. I actually think the word was a little more common in movies and on television about five or six years ago. Now, the more common word might be bro or um I I think in French, you say mech but anyways, um so, it means a friend. You don't need to know that word to use it. Um using it is just would just sound kind of weird because it is slang. Um and then home run. So, a home run is two things. Literally, a home run is in baseball. When you hit the ball, so far it goes over the wall and then you get to run to first base, second base, third base and home. So, you've hit a home run. We also use this phrase in life when you've done something successful. So, let's say you need to give a speech somewhere and you give the speech and people love it. You could say, oh, I hit a home run which means that basically everyone loved what you did. So, there you go. Um Let's see here. Bilal has the question. Hello, sir. Could this sentence, I couldn't do that, talk about both present and past? Yes. So, here's something, here's something very interesting. If someone said to me, Bob, you need, uh, last week, I wanted you to rob a store. I could say, oh, I couldn't do that. So, that means that I wouldn't do it in the future. I wouldn't do it right now. It's 
It doesn't exactly mean the past in that sense though. Um when people ask when I was asked to do something illegal I couldn't do that. Yes, that can be the past as well. So, it's a weird phrase because you're basically just indicating a condition. Something that you could not do. So, I could say last week I couldn't tie my shoes. Right now, I can't tie my shoes. Next week, I won't be able to tie my shoes. So, that's the official way to use it. But technically, we can flip it around quite a few different ways that sentence. Um English is weird though, eh? We talk we use different tenses when we're imagining a conversation. So, I don't wanna get too far into that but if you imagine a conversation in the future, you can use the present tense. Don't don't get too confused. It's a weird language anyways but that's certainly true. Uh, banana Banana King says, hello, teacher Bob. How many bananas do you eat every day? So, I did fix the question just a little bit. Hello, teacher Bob. How many bananas do you eat every day? I eat one. Occasionally, I eat two but that's rare but I definitely eat one banana a day. Sometimes, we're out of bananas and so, that day, I don't get to eat one but generally, I eat a banana every day. Usually, it's my morning snack. So, um if we are out of bananas and I'm at work. Sometimes, I'll drive to the grocery store quick and get a banana for my morning snack. So, definitely like bananas. Thank you again to everyone who lives in a country that grows bananas and sends them to Canada. That's probably about a third of you. So, many of our bananas come from countries where you live. So, thank you for the bananas. Let's see here. Famida has the next question and Famida says, how often do you use shall in comparison to will? Thank you, teacher Bob. So, shall sounds really old-fashioned and formal. You know, like I shall do a live stream every Friday and Saturday for the rest of my life. I shall teach people English for as long as I possibly can. It sounds very formal and we don't use it very often. We often just say will or we say we're going to. You know, I will teach English lessons for a very long time. I will do two live streams a week. I I will teach people English on YouTube. Um so, shall has this I was gonna say pompous but it's not really pompous. It's just it sounds a little old, okay? Um if someone said to me, um teacher Bob, I'm not sure what my homework is. What shall I do this evening? Um it it it's just very rigid and very formal and sounds quite old actually. Let's see here. Kafka has the next question and the question is this. Hi, Bob. Thanks for your great teaching. Please explain the difference between whereas and meanwhile. So, I made a few corrections while I read that. Please explain the difference singular between whereas and meanwhile. Um so, I I like to use whereas at the beginning of the sentence like whereas um Whereas drinking water is good for you, I like to drink soda sometimes as well. Whereas exercise is good for me, sometimes I just feel like sitting at home. Meanwhile is used to talk about something that's happening at the same time. So, then I would say while I would meanwhile, oh, I was walking. Um I was walking along the road. Meanwhile, Jen was working, okay? So, it's just to talk about two actions that are happening at the same time. Let's see here. Next question is from Ruslan and Ruslan says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you today? I'm good today, by the way, Ruslan. Thank you so much for asking. Which Canadian city 
do you like most? I'm gonna insert a word there. I think you just forgot one. Which Canadian city do you like most? Toronto or Vancouver? Best wishes, sir. I like Toronto better, I guess. Oh, I don't like to, I don't like to annoy people in Vancouver. Um, but I really like Toronto. Um, and as I mentioned, I think last week, I usually go to Toronto every year around this time. I usually go for a little meeting with other YouTubers. It's lots of fun. Uh, this year, I won't be going. So, I am sad. So, given the choice, I would choose Toronto. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question is from Fabio from Italy. What's the difference between engagement and commitment? Thanks a lot. So, engagement generally in English is used to talk about two people who have decided that they are going to get married. So, usually, uh, one person proposes to the other person. The other person says yes and then we say that they are engaged. They might have an engagement party but the time from when they um, agree to get married until the day they get married, we would say that's their engagement, okay? So, they are engaged. Um, it has other uses, right? Like to engage, like you can engage a motor but generally, engagement is used to refer to two people who are going to get married. Commitment is anytime you promise something. So, if I make a commitment at work that I'm going to grade all my student quizzes the day they write the quiz, that would be a commitment. So, I made a promise or a commitment. So, slightly different but somewhat related as well. Hey, I do wanna remind people that uh, if you ask questions in the chat, I won't answer them. I don't have time to read all the chat and pick the questions out. So, please use the form. Uh, I'm moving through it at a fairly good speed today. So, I'm just gonna keep moving along with that. The link will be shared by Dave or Todd or Nightbot. Um let me just do something. Let me check something here. Let me see if I can. I wanna, I'm trying, I'm playing around with stuff. I shouldn't do that, should I? While I'm live streaming. Um I saw um Brent do this in his live stream today. I forgot that I can pin things. So, yes, Brent, by the way, I was I was uh stepping into your live stream today. I didn't say hi, but I did watch for a little bit. By the way, Brent is American English from this with this guy. Uh and he's in the chat right now. He's often in the chat. Very helpful guy. Has a YouTube channel. You should visit it as well. Uh let's get to the next question. Um Chen Chen says, hi, teacher Bob. Long time no see. Hi, Chen Chen. What does the so on mean? Thanks, teacher Bob. Have a good night. Let me see here. Um, I'm not sure but we do use and so on at the end. Like, if we're telling a long story, we might say, you know, and then he ate a cookie and then he ate a drink and so on and so on. When you say and so on and so on, it means that there's more to the story but it's not very important, okay? Like you could say something like, oh, my cousin, uh, the other day my cousin came over and he talked about his job and he talked about um, his new business and he talked about this and it just and so on and so on. So, you're just saying the story repeated itself and kept going. Uh, let's see here. Brett says, oh no, I did talk about you. All good things. I'm sure it was for sure. Uh, let me see here. Um, Next question is from Dora from Myanmar. Hi, Dora. Hello, Mr. Bob. Happy Halloween. Thank you. I'd like to know the meaning of this idiom. Some small companies have taken a hammering during the pandemic. Thanks. So, a hammer is a tool you use to put in a nail. 
when we describe a situation where a person or a business takes a hammering, it means that business isn't good, okay? So, if our flower business this summer, if we sold way less flowers than normal, we would say that we took a hammering, okay? So, when you take a hammering, it means the situation has changed to the point where your business isn't doing super good, okay? So, that is what taking a hammering. It's just, it's not good to take a hammering. The restaurant industry in Canada has taken a hammering during the COVID pandemic for sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think I just missed something. I'm clicking in too many spots. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I've, I have too many tabs open on my computer. Do you ever do that? Um, uh, next question is from Cornelia. Hello, teacher Bob. Hi, Cornelia. What is the difference between the verbs to postpone and to procrastinate and between to fulfill and to implement? So, when you postpone something, it's usually legitimate. It's usually okay. So, let's say I have a dentist appointment but I realize I have a meeting at work that day. I can postpone the meeting or I can postpone the dentist appointment. So, it's a formal thing that you do when you need to do something at a different time than what you originally agreed on. There's nothing wrong with postponing things once or twice. Procrastinating is when you know you have to get something done and you just don't work on it. You just work on other stuff, okay? Um so, when you procrastinate, it's like you know you need to study for a test but instead you watch Netflix and then you eat a snack and then you go for a walk. So, instead of actually studying, you do all these other things instead. So, um It's okay to postpone things. It's not a good idea to um procrastinate. Procrastinating is usually not a good thing. Uh let me just check something here. Good. And then to oh, what was the second part? To fulfill and to implement. When you fulfill something, it means you you do it. So, if I was to if you made a promise that you were going to learn English every day for a week in order to fulfill that promise, you would actually need to do that. When you implement something, it means you actually do it. So, if you said I'm going to read every day for an hour for a week and then if you implement that plan, it means you actually do what you said you were going to do. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Rod. Let me get this question up. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher says, how are you today, Mr. Bob? I'm good, Rod. I hope you're doing well as well. How many pronunciations are there for the word organization? Thank you so much for everything. You're such a legend. Have a great weekend. Well, I, let's uh let's wait before we we give me legendary status. Um organization in my mind only has one pronunciation. It's a large organization. There are many organizations. Organization. Yes, I'm pretty sure it is just one pronunciation. I'll have to double check after the lesson though, Rod, to make sure uh and to see what that's all about. By the way, uh Rod's asking a question. You do know that Rod is also an English teacher here on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel called Rod the Brazilian English Teacher. Uh you should check it out. You should check it out later today. You might see a familiar face there. Maybe today. I think it might be today. I'm not sure, Rod. Maybe it's today. (laughs) I sometimes get my dates mixed up but you should check out Rod's channel regardless. Uh next question is from Lolly Lolly and she's Lolly Lolly just gave a super chat that says thank you for all at the same time as I put her question up. That's a 
It's cool coincidence. She says, s'il te plaît, which means please in French. S'il te plaît, Bob. Quelle est la différence entre? What is the difference between sarcasm and irony? Thanks and joyeux Halloween. I said Halloween like I was French. Halloween. Halloween, no H. Anyways, um, this is a hard one to explain. Sarcasm is what we would call very dry humor. It's when you make a joke that maybe isn't hilarious but it points out the reality of the situation in a funny way, maybe even in a mocking way and maybe a little bit insulting. So, if you said something to someone like, nice haircut, you're saying that their haircut is nice but you might also be saying you don't like it. So, sarcasm is kind of interesting. Irony is when I think the opposite happens than what you are expecting. So, it would be ironic if Oh, I'm having trouble thinking of something ironic right now. Maybe uh, one of our English speakers in the chat could give an example of something that's ironic. A situation where something turns out differently than what you expected. Uh let's see here. Um next question is from Bam and Bam says, hi, Sir Bob. Hi, Bam. I've been following you since 2018. Very cool. Thank you. That's very awesome. I forget sometimes how long I've been doing this. I feel like I am living in Canada too. (laughs) Ha ha. By the way, do I need to take and pass IELTS to go there? So, in order to move to Canada, I I'm not a hundred percent sure what the language proficiency requirement is. I think you do have to have some knowledge of English or French to move to Canada or it at least helps to have some knowledge. Um what I can tell you though is this is that Canada just announced yesterday that 1.3 million more people can immigrate to Canada before the end of 2023. Uh, Did you hear that? 1.3 million people can move to Canada from other countries before the end of 2023. So, I think we're allowing over almost half a million immigrants into our country every year for the next three years. It's a lot of people. So, anyways, I look forward to seeing some of you move here. Uh welcome to Canada. Um but I don't know much about the English test. If you do a search online, bam, for um requirements for immigrating to Canada, you will find some information about that. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Eli. Hey, Bob. How are you go? How are you doing? I'm doing well, Eli. It's been a while since I watched a live lesson. Well, welcome back. I'm glad to have this opportunity to learn from you. Thanks a lot. Have a very nice weekend. Well, Eli, I hope you have a very good weekend as well. Thank you so much for watching. Um and people do stop watching my videos for a a while and then they come back. I think it's pretty natural. Sometimes you get tired of learning English and you need a break. Maybe you find another YouTuber that's just a little more enjoyable than me. That's fine too but uh welcome back, Eli. That's awesome of you. Uh and for the 583 people who are currently watching, hi. I'm Bob the Canadian. I make English lessons here on YouTube. If you want to be notified when I make them, there is a subscribe button right there. You can click it. Uh let's see here. Next question. Um Yasin from Kurdistan says, oh, hello, Bobby from Iraqi Kurdistan. You may not know that I am a huge fan. I support you all the way and I've been with you all along since the surgery. Well, that's a long time definitely. So, that's from 2018 as well. For those of you that don't know, I was excitedly making YouTube videos in 2018 and then 
something went wrong with my heart. I had a valve problem and I had to have heart surgery. That was a weird time in my life because I was only uh, at the time, oh, I was going to say my age. I was in my mid forties at the time (laughs) and uh, I didn't feel very old. Um, In fact, when I went to the hospital, I was one of the youngest people there for heart surgery. So, Anyways, I'm through that. I feel really healthy. I walk every day now. So, Yasin, thank you so much for being a fan, for being an English learner and for following me. Let's see here. Next question is from Johan from Quebec. Hi, Bob. I would like to know if you say there's no bathrooms around here, do you put an S on bathroom? So, if I was somewhere like at a store or a mall and I said, oh, there's no bathrooms around here. Yeah, I would I would put the S on. You could say there's no bathroom here, but you would probably say there's no bathrooms. You could actually say both. Absolutely say both. Um and they would both be completely acceptable. Um let me see here. I need to make a small change to the chat. Give me one moment. So this is the point in the lesson. Let me go here. This is the point in the lesson where the chat becomes members only. So, if you are someone who supports my channel, you may now ask questions directly in the chat. Um, You are welcome to do that. If you are not a member, there is a join button below if you would like to support me. It's totally your choice. I also pinned the link in the chat if you wanted to become a member. Again, no pressure. Uh, But thank you to those of you who are members. I will now take questions from you directly in the chat. First one is from Rod. Mr. Bob, the cat is getting out of the bag only next week if you know what I mean. So, Rod is just saying that it might be a little longer than what I was saying but when the cat gets out of the bag, it means a secret is getting out. Uh, Let's see here. Panthera Nori says, oh, she's just giving Rod a smiley face. Awesome. Corey J says, Bob, please, when it comes to using the expression to make a leaving, does it make sense to say to make my leaving. I mean, when I want to talk about myself, thanks for your awesome job. So, let me just, let me just try to get this straight. You're talking about when you are going to leave, when you need to leave from somewhere. So, we wouldn't say make a leaving. We would say something like, I need to get going. I need to leave. Um, I have to meet someone. I need to head out. Um, I need to go now. All of those would be the common things to say when you are leaving somewhere. Um, unless you're talking about quitting your job, then you say that you're going to be quitting your job. Um, Norma says, American English with this guy, there is a great song by the Canadian Alanis Morissette, Ironic. Someone once told me though that a lot of the things in that song aren't actually ironic. They're just coincidental but you should still listen to it. It's a good song for sure. Um, Daniel Brock says, hey, here we go. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. Uh, Brent says, and literally nothing in the song is ironic, which is actually ironic. Thanks, Brent. I didn't read Brent's comment, first of all. Uh, Sam the Taiwanese. Hi, teacher Bob. The video about writing is awesome. In your opinion, is there any difference between writing on a paper and typing on a laptop or a computer? Which one is more effective? I think it depends what you're doing. I, for For instance, let's say you are um, sending an email or chatting with someone. Obviously, the computer is more efficient and you get help with your grammar and your spelling. So, there's a huge advantage to using a computer when you're writing in a way that someone else is gonna read it quickly. Especially if you're texting on your phone or texting on your computer. It just makes more sense. 
I think though in the writing process, there is a lot of value to writing something out by hand or at least getting your ideas on paper with a pencil. I often use the computer to write but before I do that, I often make little diagrams and pictures on a piece of paper by hand. It helps me get my ideas out. So, um hopefully that helped. Uh Anuat, thank you so much for becoming a member. You're awesome. Very cool. And Lolly Lolly says, could you tell me the difference between into and onto? So, I get into my car when I want to drive somewhere. You can also just say I get in my car. Um and I could say I bought something that was so big I had to put it onto the roof of my car and then tie it down with straps. You could also say I needed to put it on the roof of my car. So, onto and into they sound cool but they're not always necessary. So, hopefully that helped Lolly Lolly. Julia Olise, hi to your teacher. Happy Halloween. Could you please explain the phrase it's time to go big or go home? So, this refers to when you need to do something and let's say you were starting a YouTube channel and you didn't have a camera and you could buy a $100 camera or you could buy a $1000 camera. Someone might say to you, you know, the $1000 camera is better and it's better to go big or go home and what they mean by that is it's better to buy the most the more expensive thing. Uh Corey J says, I mean gagner sa vie. Um so, qu'est-ce que tu fais dans la vie? Gagner la vie. I, I'm actually struggling with that, Corey. To win your life, to earn a live, to earn a living, to earn a living. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe. Um, my living, to make a living. Yes. Thank you very much for the clarification. Yes. When you, let me get back to your question. When it comes to using the expression to make a living, does it make sense to say I need to make my living? To me. Ah, yes, that makes more sense. So, we usually just say to make a living. I work because I need to make a living, okay? Uh many people who don't have jobs find it hard to make a living. So, it simply means again that you're trying to make ends meet. You're trying to earn money. So, we wouldn't say make my living. No. Thanks for the clarification. Awesome. Uh let me see here. Just explain the phrase. It's time to go big or go home. Panthera Nori, teacher Bob. To blow one's top means the same as to bristle or to fly into a rage. Yes, when you blow your top, it means you get angry. Lolly is welcoming Anuat. Thanks, Lolly, for welcoming. And then Corey J, I got it. Good. Daniel Brock. Yes, he said my name. Love his classes. Thanks, Mr. Bob. You're amazing and I'm learning a lot with you. Well, thanks, Daniel. That is awesome of you. Uh Madi is here. Hi, Madi. Teacher, you're wearing uh slight clothes is not good. Um well I'm wearing casual clothes. I'm it's a dress down day for me here at home body. Um I just thought I'd wear a t-shirt today. You know I'm getting tired of my blue short sleeve shirts. I feel like I haven't been shopping in almost seven months and I need some new ones I think. Panthera Nori, dear teacher, the phrase keep your hair on means the same as hold your horses. So, we usually say keep your hat on, okay? Um I haven't heard keep your hair on but it does make me laugh a little bit. It's it would it's a funny image. Keep your hair on but we usually say hey, keep your hat on or hold your horses and both mean to be patient. Uh let's see here. Rod says, anyway, if you allow me, I'm going live on YouTube for the first time tomorrow. Thank you, sir. So, Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is going live on YouTube tomorrow. For more information, search for his channel on YouTube and go visit and see what all the details are. 
Uh, Lolly says, merci, Bob. Brent says, will you be handing out candy tonight for Halloween? No. So, in Ontario, there are areas where kids are allowed to trick or treat and areas where they are not allowed to trick or treat. Um, in our area, people are allowed to go trick or treating but we've decided to just kind of close close down. We're gonna turn all the lights off and not hand out candy. We only get about two or three kids at our house anyways. So, we'll probably just drop off some candies at uh, that person's house for those kids. So, uh no, we're not going out. Uh let me see here. Where am I? Um Kyle Ferreira says, hi, teacher Bob. Thanks for the class. I'd like to know what means send shivers down my spine. So, when something's really exciting or really scary, you sometimes say it sends shivers down your spine, okay? So, often at Halloween, people will go and visit a haunted house. It's a place where you go and you pay people to scare you. (laughs) I I don't really go very often but you could say that you're so scared that it sent shivers down your spine. You can also go to a concert and hear a beautiful song and say, oh, it just, it sent shivers down my spine. So, it can mean excitement. It can also mean fear. Let's see here. Madi wishes Rod good luck. Thank you for wishing him good luck, Madi. That's awesome. Um, let's see here. Sam, the Taiwanese, Ganye Savi, earned for a living. Thanks, Lolly. Panther and Nori's talking to Sam, Madi. Julia says, thank you for answering my question. No problem. Um, Panthera says, thank you for all the answers. Dear teacher Bob. No problem, Panthera. Um, let's see here. Um, <laughs> Lolly Lolly is told by Madi, no French in the English live stream. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, c'est ma faute. C'est moi qui a commencé à parler français. C'est, it was me who started with the French. So, sorry about that. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to go to the, uh, uh, the bank of questions right now. I'll probably switch off uh, members only chat in just a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, Sachin or Sachin. Sorry, now I'm going to pronounce it wrong both times. I don't know the meaning of that word. It looks like some sort of strange medical word and I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong but you're in good company. I pronounce almost everybody's name wrong <laughs> during these live streams. Um, let's see here. Um, Brent says, closing areas to trick-or-treating will funnel children into a smaller area. That makes sense. We do the same here in the US. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes Brent, I'm not sure of the logic of local closing, closing down local things. We had a problem here where they shut down parts of Toronto. They closed the restaurants, but then people just went outside of Toronto to the restaurants which in my opinion might have spread more thing uh covid so i don't know what the logic is sometimes um let's see here let me go back to my next question um kismo says hi teacher bob how are you i've just realized that your province is two times as big as my country thailand why is it hard to pronounce canada's province saskatchewan so first of all canada is a very large country but the interesting thing is almost everyone lives within 100 kilometers of the US border. Okay, I think it's around 70 or 80% of the population of Canada lives within 100 kilometers of the US border. So, a vast amount of our country is very cold 
and very wild and not a lot of people live there. And why is it hard to pronounce Saskatchewan? It's just a it's just a hard name. If you think about it, it's Saskatchewan. If you say it slowly. So individually it's a little easier. Saskatchewan. There you go. A nice slow pronunciation of that province. At least Alberta and Manitoba are easier to pronounce. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Warwick. Hello teacher Bob. Should we completely follow the speaking notes to express ideas during the presentation? Because I want to express my ideas in a highly organized way. So when I have students in my class do presentations, I often recommend that they have notes but that they do not read the notes too often. You need to practice a lot before you do a presentation so that you can be free of the notes. If you look down once or twice every minute to kind of refresh where you are, that's totally fine. But you need to practice a presentation enough that you can speak freely and make eye contact with people while you're talking. The same goes for if you're doing a PowerPoint presentation or a slide presentation. You certainly don't want to read every word that's on the screen. You want to talk to the people who you are presenting to. Um let me go back to my chat. So, Nate Indy is here. Hi, Bob. I'm back. Hi, Nate Indy. Good to see you again. Um let's see here. A lot of you are having conversations which is great. I'm just searching if there are any other questions. I don't see a lot. So, I'm gonna switch off. Let's get me give me two seconds. I'm going to turn off uh members only chat and allow all chat again. I think I have that done right and I do want to once again just say thank you so much to those of you who are members. Um it's just fun to see you every week chatting to each other. I know we don't get to talk a lot. I do chat a little bit before the live streams. I say hi and I greet you but um it is appreciated that you are supporting me in the work I'm doing. If any of you want to support me, there is a join button down below and if not, there is also a subscribe button there which is totally free. Let's see here. Uh let me get to the next question. Um before I do, I wanna say hi to Modine in the chat. Hi, Modine. It's good to see you. Um let's see here. So, Jalali says, dear sir, I have two questions. What does this expression mean? It was a blessing in disguise and what is the difference between present perfect simple and continuous? So, I'm gonna avoid the grammar question because I always answer them wrong. I am gonna answer the blessing in disguise though. If something bad happens in your life but it actually leads to something good happening, we say that it was a blessing in disguise. The best example would be if you lose your job. If your boss all of a sudden comes in and says, you're fired. Take all of your stuff and go home at the end of the day. That's a bad thing but it may lead to you getting a better job. So, later in life, you might look back and say, you know, two years ago when I lost my job, that was a blessing in disguise because I ended up getting a way better job, okay? So, there you go. Um let's get to the next question from Corey J. So, Corey from France says, hi everybody. Bob, please could you tell me if the phrasal verbs turn out and figure out are interchangeable? Thanks for helping us. So, when something turns out good, it ends up being good. Like, if you think, oh, I have to visit this person and I don't really like them 
and then you go and you have a great conversation. You could say, oh, you know what? The visit actually turned out really good. Um, maybe you're not sure if you're going to like your new job and you're really worried the first day is going to be bad but everyone at your new job is friendly and welcoming. You could say, you know what? The day turned out really nice. So, turn out is definitely different. You could say, I I baked cookies and I left them in for too long but they still turned out fine. So, it just means that the result was you're talking about the result. When you figure out something, it means you solve it. You know, if someone says, um, I always use the example that there's a cookie missing and you need to figure out who ate it or maybe your car is making a funny noise and you need to figure out what is wrong. So, it simply means that you are trying to solve a small problem or discover what is going wrong. Um you know, I do have to say hi to the 638 people watching. Always I'm blown away a little bit by how many people are there. I like to pretend there's five people watching. It makes me a little more calm but welcome to all 638 of you. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. You should click it. By the way, I'm Bob the Canadian. I do little English lessons on YouTube uh, a few times a week. Um if you subscribe, you'll get notified when one of those new lessons happens. Let's get to the next question though. Let's see here. Natalia says, greetings. What is the break from activities called? Is it called differently or is it called something different at work and at school? I have found the new word recess and and am wondering how to use it. So, at work, you have a break, okay? Sometimes, we call it a coffee break. Um every morning at around 10 o'clock, 10 30. At my work, I have a break. I call it a coffee break even though I don't drink coffee. So, on my coffee break on Tuesdays, I I have regularly been talking to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. He's in the chat. Rod and I talk during my coffee break but I don't drink coffee while I talk to Rod. I actually drink water. Um so, you would call it a break or a coffee break. Um at school, kids go out for recess. So, recess is a break at school. Usually, it means they're outside and playing on the playground, okay? Sometimes when it's raining, they'll have indoor recess which most teachers don't like. Teachers love it when the kids go outside for recess because the teachers need a break. So, notice the difference there. When kids go out for recess, they're getting a they're taking a break from school but the teachers are having usually a coffee break. So, that's the difference between those two. Let's see here. We have Aldrin who says, how are you doing teacher Bob? I'm so happy I can join in your live lesson. My question is about the pronunciation is about pronunciation. Are these words homophones? Air and air, ham and hem, thanks. So, air and air are pronounced the same way. We breathe air, right? We breathe in and out. We breathe air. When you are the son or daughter of someone Uh, like a king or queen, you are the heir, okay? They're pronounced the same. Ham is meat that's made from a pig. Ham. So, you can have a ham sandwich. You can go and buy a submarine sandwich or a sub and get ham on it. When you have a piece of clothing and you fold it and stitch it, it's a hem, okay? So, notice the difference again. You eat ham and you hem clothes. It's a slightly different pronunciation. You eat ham and you hem clothes. Hopefully, you could hear the difference between those two. Um let's see here. Pepe Rojas says, hi, Bob. 
what are the meanings of along, take on and give away? Thanks so much. So, I did a lesson yesterday on the city versus the country and I said along the side of the road in the city or along the street in the city, there is a sidewalk. Along the road in the country, there is a ditch. So, it kind of means like at the same in the same place. Um so, along also can be used for time. You could say something like um I was eating breakfast and all along Jen was eating breakfast as well. So, it means that at the same time. To take on something means to um start doing it. So, when you take on a job or when you take on a project or when you take on a new task, it means you've decided to do it, okay? So, you could say, oh, I'm gonna take on a new challenge. I'm going to work on my English for one hour every day. We would say that you are taking on the challenge and then give away means to just give something. So, if I say, you know what? I don't need that coat anymore. I might give away that coat. It means I'm going to give it to someone. If you put give and away together to make one word, a giveaway, it is a contest. So, I had a giveaway on this YouTube channel a few months ago where I gave away free English lessons. That was called a giveaway. Let's see here. Yes. So, Sarayo says, hello, dear teacher. Could you explain the word literally? Because English native speakers use it a lot. Thank you in advance. We love your teaching strategies. So, um yes, English teachers literally use the word literally all the time. English speakers, English teachers. Um I use it a lot because sometimes we say things and we actually mean something else. But when you look at it literally, it means something different. So, <laughs> This is a bad explanation. Let me let me think of a good example. Um if I say every I'm gonna talk about naps again. If I say every Saturday afternoon, I sleep for hours. That's not actually true. Usually on Saturday afternoons, I literally sleep for about 30 minutes. So, th- when I say literally, I mean the actual truth, not the exaggeration. If I say um people literally um eat their hamburger and throw the wrapper out every single time. I mean that they do it every single time. So, anyways, literally means what really happened. Figuratively means an exaggeration or um something that's not 100% factual. The problem is some young people in English use the word literally and they're not actually talking about something literally. So, that's what makes it tricky. When an English teacher says it literally means this, that's like the real definition of the phrase but then they say figuratively it might mean this. Hopefully, that helps, Ryo. I feel like I'm getting close to the one hour mark and it's harder to explain things. I do wanna thank Oleg for the super chat. Thank you so much. Hello, dear Bob. I am Oleg from Siberia. How are you? What is the traditional dish for Halloween in Canada? Do you decorate your house on Halloween? We have a few jack-o'-lanterns outside. We have a few pumpkins that the kids carved and they will put a candle inside of it but that's all we do. Um and traditional dish, you know, there's no traditional dish but there is a lot of candy. The a lot of chocolate and a lot of sweets at Halloween, Oleg. Those would be the two things that are most common. You asked about decorating the house. Many people do decorate their house. They'll put pumpkins and straw bales and um potted plants and maybe they'll put up like some ghosts or some scary things outside um but that definitely does happen. We don't do it. We're just lazy. We would probably do it more but we we haven't. Let's see here. Um 
I'm going to skip the next one from Maro. Sorry, Maro. It's a very grammar related question. So, I'm just going to skip that one. Um, Margaretha says, hi, teacher Bob. Please explain what stat refers to when we use it at the end of a sentence. For example, I need a medical team here stat. So, stat is used um to mean immediately. It's used a lot in hospitals maybe but for sure it's used a lot on uh television shows that take place in hospitals. They'll say we need a um we need a bed in here stat. We need uh, a supply of oxygen stat and they mean that they need it immediately. That's all it means. Um let's go here. Fatima Oh yes, this is a good one. So Fatima says Hello, Mr. Bob. I hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you for asking. Thank you for your great efforts. My question is how to speak with absolute confidence without feeling shame or making mistakes. So, first of all, you have to find someone to talk to regularly who doesn't care if you make mistakes. So, you need to find an English speaking partner who literally doesn't, you know, doesn't make you feel bad if you make mistakes where it's just not a big deal. I mean, you're gonna make mistakes so don't worry about it. So, find someone who's very welcoming. The second thing is prepare, prepare, prepare for those conversations. Practice having pretend conversations yourself as many times as you can but the best way to speak confidently is to find a partner who you can talk to regularly like once or twice a week where you just make mistakes and it and it doesn't matter. So, I recommend that you find someone on a website called Preply. There's a link down in the description. You can you'll have to pay but you can find a person that you can have a conversation with. Um it's just really helpful. Have more conversations. Have them with people who are very kind and don't mind that you're making mistakes. That's just super helpful. Let's see here. Um Alexi says, hi, Bob. I am from Canada as well. What is your favorite Canadian city and your least favorite Canadian city? Also, what city in the world do you want to visit the most? So, let's get the last part out of the way first. I know many of you would love it if I said a city in your country but I probably won't. The city I want to visit the most is Paris, France. So, I would really love to visit France. And I would really love to visit Paris. The reason is not because I think it is the best country or best city in the world. I think it's a great place. I want to visit France because I've spent so much time learning the French language. I would love to visit someday. What is my favorite Canadian city? I do love Toronto. I wouldn't say it is my favorite city over every other city. It is one of it's one of my top five favorite cities. It's close to number one. Um I like Ottawa too though. Our capital. It's very nice and I won't tell you what my least favorite Canadian city is. Um there probably is one but I just don't wanna be unkind. So, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh next question is from Panthera Nori. Um hi Panthera. Hi dear teacher Bob. The word blunt means that someone is speaking in an unfriendly manner but he is still right. And says true things. E.g. your boss can be blunt to you. So, Panthera, it depends on who's doing it. So, when my friend talks to me and when he's very blunt, he's not unfriendly. Because he's my friend, I like it when he's blunt with me. But sometimes people will be very blunt and it can be unfriendly. But certainly, when someone speaks bluntly 
or when someone is blunt, they are going to tell you the truth. They are most likely 99% of the time correct and they are just going to tell you in very short direct sentences. Um so someone who is blunt, it doesn't mean they're unfriendly or unkind but they certainly aren't warm when they're doing it. Um but yes, I prefer friends who are blunt by the way. I like it when my friends are blunt. Just tell me. Just say it like it is. That's another thing we say in English. Um let me see here. Not sure about the next question. So, I'm gonna skip it arena. Sorry about that. It's um it's a question where I'm not quite sure what the answer is. I'm just checking my list for a sec everybody just to see. I'm probably not gonna get through all the questions but I'll keep at it for another five minutes or so. Um let's see here. Abdikani says, hello teacher Bob. What is the meaning of a devoted person? Little fix there. Thank you. Um what is the meaning of a devoted person? A devoted person is someone who um just is there for you all the time. A great example would be let's say that you were sick and you were uh married and if when you were sick your spouse helped you every day. They took care of you. They were just really friendly. They were kind. They went they got groceries. They cooked food for you and they just took care of you while you were sick. We would say they're a very devoted person. Okay. As opposed to if you were sick, um you might have friends who who didn't visit while you were sick. We would say they're not very devoted. So, a devoted person is someone who is there for you when they need to be. So, um I just noticed that we just went over 700 viewers. I'm gonna point to the subscribe button again. Uh welcome to all of you who are watching. Um I am Bob the Canadian. I regularly do these live lessons where I try to answer your questions. Um welcome. Thanks for being here. Um I'm an English teacher here on YouTube. So, um watch a few more of my videos if you're interested and get a sense as to whether you like me as a teacher uh and then stick around if you do like it. So, um let me get to the next question though. Aline says, hi, Bob. I'm from Brazil. I like you to talk about some vocabulary of Halloween. Thank you. So, a really quick Halloween vocabulary lesson. Kids dress up. Kids wear costumes. So, when you dress up or wear a costume, maybe you're Superman. Maybe you dress up as Iron Man. Maybe you dress up as um Captain Marvel. Um but you dress up as some kind of character. Um you go out trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating is when you go up to a house and you ring the doorbell and you hold up a bag and you say trick-or-treat and the people will give you candy or chocolate bars or candy bars. Just all those kinds of things that kids like eating. Um it's on October 31st. People often will carve pumpkins and make a jack-o'-lantern. A jack-o'-lantern is a large orange pumpkin and you cut a face into it or other design and you put a candle inside and people will often decorate the front of their house. Sometimes adults have Halloween parties or costume parties at this time of year where um adults actually go and celebrate Halloween as well but of course, due to the current pandemic, many things just aren't happening that way. So, great question, Aline. Uh I think we should maybe let me do a few more and then we'll end it. Um Next question is from Brian from Columbia. Hi, Bob. What does it mean to be someone on the verge? Thanks. When you're on the verge of doing something, it means that you're you're just about to do it. You know, you could say he was just getting more and more frustrated and he was on the verge of yelling. It means he was getting really close 
to uh, becoming so frustrated that he was going to start yelling. Let's see here. Um, next question is from Sajad who says, hi, Bob. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much for your great lessons. You are welcome. My question is, what is the difference between I'm certain and I'm sure about something? Well, I'm certain that I've never had over no, I have had over 700 people. Never mind. I'm not certain about that. I'm certain that I'm going to end this live stream. I'm sure that I'm going to end this live stream soon. So, they mean the same thing. When you're certain about something, you believe that it happened or you believe it is true. When you're sure about something, you believe it has happened and you believe it is true. Well, hey folks, I'm going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much for watching this live English lesson. Um I'm sorry that I didn't get through all your questions. There's literally, I can check over here. There are yeah, I think there's almost 40 more questions. So, I'm not gonna get through them all. Sorry about that. I should have answered the questions faster today maybe but anyways, thank you so much for being here. The number one thing you could do to make me happy is you could subscribe to the channel or you could just go watch a few of my videos. The more you watch my videos, the more YouTube tells other people about them. It's kind of cool. Um if you are a subscriber and you want to support me more, you could decide to be a member. No pressure but if you wanna support me, that would be great. Um you could give me a thumbs up. That's totally easy to do. There's a little button down there somewhere. You just click it and then YouTube knows that you like what I did. So, that's kind of a good thing. Anyways, enough about me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope your English learning is going well. I hope my lessons are helping you. I hope that when I spend some time answering some questions, I make the uh English language just a little more understandable for you. Thanks to Todd and Dave for moderating. Thanks to uh Rod, the Brazilian English teacher and Brent from American English with this guy. Two English teachers who are regularly in the chat helping you out as well. Thanks to the two of them for being here. Um and I usually, what else do I usually say? I say something like, oh, I'll probably have a nap today. I I probably am not going to have a nap today. I have way too much work to do this afternoon. So, it's one of the first nice days in a few days and we have a few more things to get done here on the farm so that uh winter can come. By the way, it snowed just a little bit yesterday yesterday morning. Just a tiny bit and then it went away. Anyways, uh bye Madi, bye Norma, bye Corey J, bye Lolly Lolly, bye Panthera Nori, bye Sam the Taiwanese, bye Rod, Julia Olise. I'm getting people mixed up now. Hopefully, I don't miss any names. Thank you all for being members and then non-members as well. Thank you so much for being here. Um I'm gonna go now. I'm just gonna wave like a silly person and then I'm gonna click the end button. So, bye. Have a great weekend. I am clicking the button. I just have to find it. My mouse is... Oh, it's on my other screen. That's why I couldn't find it. Bye. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.